This is Your Brain Health with noted neuroscientist Dr. Kristen Willemeyer. Your Brain Health explores strategies to maximize your cognitive functions through life. Here's Dr. Kristen Willemeyer. Welcome to Your Brain Health on Radio MD. I'm Dr. Kristen Willemeyer. Today, I'm honored to have my dear friend Merrill Hodge here to discuss his new book, Brainwashed, The Bad Science Behind CTE and the Plot to Destroy Football. Now, that's quite an impactful title, Merrill, and I'm so excited to have you on today to learn more about the book and the passion you have in the mission to support the sport you love. So welcome to the show. Well, it's good to be here with you, Kristen, especially with somebody like you. So Aww. I'm excited. <laughs> You're wonderful. So for those of you who don't know Merrill, I'm going to give you a brief introduction. He's a former NFL running back who worked as an ESPN analyst for 21 years, being a part of one of the longest running NFL shows on TV called NFL Matchup, active in concussion research and in the preventing and treatment of brain injuries. Merrill testified at a congressional hearing on head injuries in football in the fall of 2009 and was then appointed to the NFL Mild Traumatic Brain Injury Committee in January of 2010, which initiates research and advises the NFL on best practices for concussion prevention and management. He's also served on the NFL's Return to Play subcommittee, which deals with head, neck, and spine cases. So, Merrill, you have an incredible background here, and I'm so excited to kind of dive in and learn more about why you wrote the book. So let's start with just sharing with the audience which NFL teams you played for. I'm actually, I was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1987, and then in 1994, I actually signed, uh, as a free agent, I went to the Chicago Bears. Um, I signed a three-year deal to go play there, where my credit career ended in the first year. But ironically, they were my two favorite teams as a kid. I, um, so. I love that. And of course, I'm from Chicago, so I'm a diehard Bear fan. And Go Bears. Go Bears. And I think the audience would appreciate, share with them who your roommate was when you were a Pittsburgh Steeler. Well, my when I first got there, um, Mike Webster was my roommate. And um, that was like rooming with your dad. Well, you know, Mike Webby had been in the league for a goal 13 or 14 years at that time. You know, I've been watching him as a kid. So it was... <laughs> And he, we turned we turned out to be very good friends. He is, he was obviously one of the greatest football players ever, but he was such a character, fun guy. I mean, I really tried to model everything on and off the field the way Webby did it. Well, great, great, uh, great leader. He's he's clearly now one of the probably best known people in terms of CTE, given that he was the first player to ever have been diagnosed with CTE by Bennett Amalu. So you have such a unique perspective, given that you know him very well. And were you surprised when that diagnosis came out? Um, well, I was di- I was surprised with how it was presented mm-hmm. because he had um, heart issues. That's what he died of. He had stent in his heart. He had a lot of um, physical issues, um, which is what he died of. And I think people think he died of CTE and nobody's ever died of CTE. So um, I was disturbed that it was sold in that manner. Well, and that's, and th- that's probably what bothered me more than anything, you know, I mean, um, and not understanding what CTE was, you know, I was, con- uh, you know, that started part of my search and confusion, but, um, he, him passing away was the disturbing part. And then how they sold it as if that was his cause, which had nothing to do with it. 
um, and they failed to report the real facts and truth about um, his death was probably the most disturbing thing. Well, and I think that sort of gives us impetus into why you wrote the book. But before we get to that, can you also share with the audience your career-ending concussion? Because I actually think that's important for people to hear. Well, you know, um, just to give you a little bit of history, uh, Chris, and I, I actually was one of the first group of players ever in NFL history to be doing cognitive testing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they'd been doing it since 1991 as a voluntary basis. Um, why that's important is in 1991, the, uh, uh, the Steelers were, were already doing some things that were outside the box, trying to advance in how you cared for the injury. They had a neuropathologist on staff, Dr. Joe Maroon. Then I went to Chicago and actually they didn't have a neuropathologist on staff and they weren't doing cognitive testing. Well, I went you there in '94. A neurosurgeon and neuropsychologist, right? Because Doctor uh, no. Doctor Maroon was a neurosurgeon who neurosurgeon. Right. Okay, yeah. I'll get, you got there's so many neuro, <laughs> neuropathology and neurology. Doctor Cummings always corrects me on that. I know. Yes, he had, he's a neurosurgeon, right. correct? But he he had there was a neurologist on. So I can say neurologist. Right? You can. You got it. Yeah. What did I say? Neuropathologist. So yeah. See, I'm so used to talking to Doctor Cummings about <laughs> the neuropathology world. Um, and thank that's a, you're exactly right. A neurologist. And I, mm-hmm. I, he always corrects me too. So, um, and Joe is one of the great minds in the world too, in, in that field. He's um, brilliant. But what was, uh, when I got to Chicago, um, I was on a Monday night game and I, I had a, a real ma- a major concussion. When I say major concussion, I try to, uh, explain to people, you know, listen, every head trauma is serious. Um, there's just a couple things that identify the severity one over the other people always think oh boy he lost, he didn't lose consciousness no that has nothing to do with it i mean really as far as severity goes um it's just part of what can happen it's really about cognitive recall and your cognitive state and stability those two things um the early um the early results of those are indication of how severe so in this Monday night game, I don't have any type of cognitive recall for some 10 to 12 hours. Wow. I don't remember anything. Uh, my stability was not was very bad initially for the first, you know, minute or so. Um, and it was then it kind of cleared up because I went back to the huddle and returned to play. Well, that's, that's when I left, so they, interesting. You had the concussion. You went back to play, but you know that you don't recall that. 10 to 12 hours after the concussion, correct? You don't remember anything right. that you did, but you saw yourself on tape, right? You saw the game later. Right. Well, I saw, you know, I ran another play afterwards. I don't remember that play. Um, there were a couple things that I remembered um, from that moment till the next day, but they are very sketchy. You know, I, I, a particular moment when I was in the hospital, getting my MRI just to make sure I didn't have bleeding on the brain so I could fly back with the team, which I ended up doing. Um, but here's what really happened. And I try to tell people, you got to keep things in perspective. You know, this is 1994, Kristen, and too many people on this planet and in this arena, they keep um, casting, throwing mud, um, pointing fingers and blaming that um, we didn't have in 1994 what we have today. Mm-hmm. Well, that'd be just like saying in 1980, why didn't we have – uh, why what, or 1970s and 80s? Why we didn't? Why weren't MRIs a bigger part of of, of medical uh, the medicine field? Why weren't scopes being done and um, all of the stuff they do with knee ligaments and that done then versus what they're done now? Okay, well, it takes time to evolve. So right. being in '94, 
what was interesting though is um, the Bears didn't have a neurologist on staff, and um, they didn't do cognitive testing. So I actually got cleared over the phone um, <laughs> to return to play five days later from their from the the team's own medical um, practitioner. That's so, unbelievable and unheard well, of today. Nobody would ever be cleared to play to go back into a game without physically seeing the neurologist and having an exam done. Yes. Now, now even in 1994, quite honestly, from an NFL perspective, that was, that was still unsettling for me, which is, I'll get to that in a second. So I, I, I got returned to play. I did, you know, people go, well, did you have any symptoms? I'm like, well, first of all, 1994, nobody, nobody told you about symptoms. Mm-hmm. I had a headache. I didn't feel right. They go, why didn't you say anything? Because I didn't know to say anything. Okay. Do you know how many times I've, I've not felt good? Had an upset stomach or a headache. You think I'm going to go and go, like, oh, coach, you can't practice today. I got an upset stomach, got a headache. I mean, okay, you got to understand what you knew at that time. Um, but I didn't. I, I mean, so when he said, how'd you feel? I said, I said, I feel fine. And so he cleared me to play. Now, five weeks later, I take a similar blow. Um, I end up going back to huddle again. Um, it was my face mask was crushed across my face. My chin was cut open and it was, they were addressing my chin, trying to um, stop it from bleeding, get a new face mask. And they were talking to me and I guess I wasn't responding. I don't remember any of this. Mm-hmm. The only part I remember is they took me to the training room and Vincent Smith, a linebacker who had been hurt earlier in the game, his ankle had gotten hurt. And he was in the locker room. Here's the only thing I remember. I remember him asking me, are you okay? And I remember thinking, nah, I don't think I'm okay. Well, I fell off the training table, went into cardiac arrest. I don't remember that. They uh, they rushed to, I guess, this is all told to me because I don't remember any of it. Mm-hmm. They went to start to resuscitate me, and I actually started to breathe again, and I just got up and walked to the ambulance. Oh my so God. I don't remember another thing from all of that till shoot, it was probably later, late that night, early next morning, I, uh, I actually hit my head with a cast they had put on my hand. Now, <laughs> I didn't have the cast on my hand when I went in there, but I broke my hand the week before. And so based on the, the circumstances I was in, they knew I wasn't going to be back playing anytime soon. So they just put a cast on my hand, which I didn't even know. I don't oh even remember. God. So um, make a long story short, um, it was really kind of down to improper care of that head injury, you know, um, which you are right today. That would never happen. And the knowledge is so much better in our protocols and even the treatments. I had no mm-hmm. treatment mm-hmm. plan after that. Um, and we might get into this or not, but. People should know there's fabulous treatments now. They have six areas of concussions. Um, they can uh, identify the vulnerability of where you've been traumatized and repair and fix that before you return to play. And my son's living evidence of that. So I've seen it work um, in, in real life. So you that have, should be, you know. And what, oh, what, yeah. what I love about your story, and if people get the book, you will learn that Joe Maroon, who is the Pittsburgh Steelers neurosurgeon at the time you were playing for the Steelers is the one who created the impact test, which stands for immediate post-concussion cognitive assessment test. And it's what they were using back in the 90s as baseline cognitive testing to then determine if a player got a concussion, are they ready to go back into play? And in the book, you shared that it was Dr. Maroon who then spoke to you right after you got this concussion on the Bears who said, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to clear you to play. Is that accurate? 
Well, yeah, what, what had actually happened is I went to a neurologist in uh, uh, Northwestern and the Chicago Bears sent me to a guy that they used, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Kelly. And Dr. Kelly had, you know, an exam. Actually, I got lost. I, I, could, I didn't know where I was in his in the building I was. He actually found me. Um, I was mm-hmm. just, I was a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, after he evaluated me, he's like, he really felt I needed to take a year off and could, could resume play after, you know, a year off. So um, it's really later on that I, I realized, like, you know what? I had that cognitive test I took in Pittsburgh. So I asked to go back to Pittsburgh to re- retake it. Well, at that time, keep in mind, Dr. Lovell was also a part of this impact um, development test. And I went to him, took the test. Then I went to Joe Maroon. And it was Joe, when he got all the information, he really looked at me and he said, you know, Merrill, after I've been looking at your your baselines, now keep in mind, okay, we'll say the baseline is a 10, okay? Mm-hmm. I, at two weeks after this last concussion, I was at fives and sixes across the board when I was, I couldn't get back to my 10. And that was two weeks, you know, prior to that last one. And just because I hadn't been able to recover and I was still at that baseline, that was just strong evidence to him that you just, you can't go back into that environment. And, um, it was, it was disturbing and unsettling. And then it was like, I, this probably tells you what kind of state I was in. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. So I still was not in a good state and, you know, and, um, I go back and look at it now and obviously he was spot on, but that tool helped him really, um, make that definitive decision, which, you know, and I say tool, that's what it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not the silver bullet. It's not the only thing used, but at that time it was invaluable to help you make that evaluation. And we've gotten so much better and so many other um, options now with how to evaluate, how to, uh, before kids return to play in the sport that they love. Thank you for listening to part one of my conversation with Merrill Hodge about his new book, Brainwashed. I welcome you to join me for part two. You've been listening to Your Brain Health with Dr. Kristen Willemeyer. For more information or to contact Dr. Willemeyer, visit drwillemeyer.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-E-U-M-I-E-R.com.